Tuesday, January 31st. Welcome to the CBSSports.com Fantasy Baseball Podcast. We're taking your emails today. We've got a mailbag session. Fantasy Baseball at CBSInteractive.com. Adam Azer, Scott White, Al Melchior here. You can follow us on Twitter at CBSScottWhite, at AlMelkCBS, that's A-L-M-E-L-C-C-B-S, and at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R. Again, your emails at fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com. It's Super Bowl week, boys. Ready for some football? Yeah, it's last last shot. Is it just me, or does all anybody want to talk about is Peyton Manning? Like, <laughs> yeah, he's not playing. I think we're going to get off of that now that the teams are in Indianapolis, and today's media day, I think. So I think the Peyton discussion should fade a little bit. See, I thought you were going to say the Pro Bowl. That's all anybody <laughs> The Pro Bowl, <laughs> right. The Pro Bowl. When you have two weeks you know, in between games, there's so much there's so much downtime. You have to think of anything. I've read the same articles about the Giants like 35 <laughs> times. Every day there's, a, there's an article about their defensive line. It's so annoying at this point. Anyway, baseball, baseball, baseball. Uh, Victor Martinez out. For 2012, he had microfracture surgery, and he'll soon have surgery to repair a torn ACL. Interesting. My initial reaction was, well, that's not good, but reading Danny Nobler today on the website, he said, Martinez should still be able to return without trouble in 2013. In fact, the extra surgery could repair some wear and tear damage to the knee and even make him stronger when he comes back. We'll talk about that in a year. <laughs> Brad Lidge signs with the Nationals. Oh, we do have some news items before we get to the emails. Let's start out with Lidge going to the Nationals. Al, anything to look at here? Not really, just in case you were holding out some hope that Brad Lidge would land as a closer somewhere. That's not happening. So he'll be a really, really, really good setup guy. It's good news for uh, Drew Storen, maybe, but uh, not much for Lidge. I, I think, too, one of the teams Lidge was most closely linked to was the Rockies because he has some ties mm-hmm. there. Uh, so it's, this is good news for Rafael Betancourt, who I know is a, a closer um, in waiting that you are very high on. Uh, I am, so it's good news for him. You're right. The Indians' first base situation. I know everybody's talking about either that or Peyton Manning right now. <laughs> the Rays traded Russ Kanzier to Cleveland for cash. So, Scott, what's going on with the with the Cleveland Indians' first base situation? Well, Kanzler being a right-handed bat with some power in the minors, uh, yeah, it's just another indication that the Indians aren't sold on Laporta playing every day. I, I'm still not necessarily convinced it. it it means Kanzler's going to be the platoon partner. They they like to play Carlos Santana at first base um, when he needs time off from behind the plate and having him move over to first base against left-handed pitchers when Laporta is sitting and Lou Marson comes into the lineup seems like a, a, a smart way to do that. So I, I still kind of feel like that's going to be their plan, but um, it's just another reason to me that if, if you're looking at, at Laporta as this breakout candidate this season... Uh, you might want to turn the page on him. Okay. Jeff Francis signs with the Reds, Al. Yeah, I think not much there. Um, you know, he really didn't have a, a very good season with the Royals last year, and uh, the Reds' rotation is full already, and you might think, well, this is good insurance in case Brunson Royal has another awful year, but, um, you know, it's going to have to be a pretty bad season because he's still got two more years. That is, Arroyo still has two years left on his contract. Maybe Homer Bailey, if he fails to turn the corner this year, um, you know, that Francis, Francis can fill in there. But he's basically going to have to wait in line. Uh, so you may see Jeff Francis starting out in a long relief role or something. Wasn't it last year? Is this the pitcher that 
I would be like, well, Jeff Francis pitched well. And you guys would be like, come on, he's Jeff Francis. Yeah, still yeah. is. All right. So who cares, right? <laughs> Pretty uh, much. I mean, <laughs> you know, in, a, in an NL-only league, uh, he could wind up making an appearance. But, uh, you know, this is probably the first season where he's been healthy and he, you know, his fantasy value even in those deeper formats is pretty questionable given where he's landed so the phillies looking to get some more options in the outfield they signed juan pierre who will be playing left field for the philadelphia phillies it's going to be john mabry and i think it's going to be john mabry a lot you Uh, scared me for a second i thought you said john mabry uh, (laughs) no not 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 john John mabry Mabry. yes that, that might be smart to make that uh distinguishment there john mayberry mayberry yes Pretty much Charlie Manuel, Ruben Amaro Jr., manager, GM. They, they've both been hyping this guy as the starter all offseason, comparing him to Jason Wirth, and we all know what happened with Jason Wirth in 2008, I believe it was, a uh, former first-round pick who had kind of bounced around and suddenly broke through with the 2020 season. Mayberry hit 15 homers and had eight steals in half a season of at-bats last season, so you project that over a full season. You, 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 you can see why they're excited, even though, you know, I'm not saying he's a 30-homer, 15-steal guy necessarily. There's, there's definite potential there. Juan Pierre, a minor league signing, you know, after the way his steals declined last year in an everyday role, I think he's going to have to settle for a bench role, if even that. And uh, obviously Dominic Brown, the can't really call him a prospect before cause, anymore because he doesn't have rookie eligibility, but still a, a high upside player. Uh, it seems like they want him in the minors. Recently, Amaro said, well... He will he will be in the left field discussion this spring, but he actually dropped two lines that I think uh, makes it seem like Brown's definitely ticketed for the minors. He said it's Mayberry's job to lose, and he said I've seen stranger things happen in regard to Brown winning that spot. So it's not going to happen. Uh, Brown is a player to avoid outside of keeper leagues. And I think that's the interesting thing about the Pierre signing, because I think you're right. I think he's slotted for a bench role, but uh, it's just another sign that the Phillies really are not going to be at all aggressive about uh, giving Don Brown a chance at the major league level. For Mayberry, how do you value him right now? I think he's a terrific late-round sleeper in mixed leagues. Um you know, in, in like a roto league, I don't think I'd draft him as more than my fifth outfielder because there's still, as he showed earlier in his career when he was not getting the job done and bouncing from, uh, you know, kicking between the majors and the minors, there, there's still a, a low enough floor there that you have to be concerned it's not going to work out. But uh, seeing what he did in half a season of at-bats last year, I, I think there, there's reason to be excited about him. And finally, before we get to the mail, Ryan Terrio signs with the Giants. Who is going to play shortstop for San Francisco? Well, right now it looks like it's still going to be Brandon Crawford, but if you're heading into an early, uh, very early NL-only draft and thinking Crawford might be uh, you know, a backup plan for you at shortstop, uh, you may want to look elsewhere um, until that situation settles itself because Terrio could, I think, very easily uh, grab that job from Crawford during spring training. Is it just me or does Brandon Crawford seem like a bad player? <laughs> like he doesn't really have any upside worth mentioning at all. The Giants... I think for, for uh, fantasy, a, yeah. They've done a good job playing him up and acting like he's going to be their shortstop as the, of the future, but I just don't see it. 
I don't either. I think even if he does hold off Terrio, I think he's going to be one of these guys that maybe, you know, fills the spot for a year and then they, you know, really find somebody much better next year, if not midseason. So I, I, I agree. I don't see too much upside there with Crawford. So why aren't we doing more mock draft stuff today? Because Thursday we will be in another mock draft. And you guys are actually doing one Wednesday too, right? Yeah, we're doing a Roto Wednesday, and then we're doing a head-to-head Thursday, which you yes. and Amazer are going to be a part of. Yes, sir. I have the sixth pick in the draft. So who are you taking? I don't know. Uh, we'll see. We'll see who falls. I'm thinking Miguel Cabrera if he's there. <laughs> yeah, take him. You know what's in? It'll be interesting to see just from the early mock draft we did in November or whatever it was. In that head-to-head draft, I got Miguel Cabrera with the fifth pick. Oh, obviously that's not going to happen anymore. But that's just know who went sixth. Uh, no, I don't know who went sixth. I'm, I'm going to guess it was Kemp because I think Braun went fourth and then you had Bautista Pujols too low at the top. I think that's right. Um, well, Braun's but, not but gonna back to too because Braun's out. So, so look at how much has changed just without any, yeah. without any baseball games being played. And it'll be fun to compare next week. Um, on our next podcast, we'll compare the first mock draft that we've been talking about, which was done months ago, to the one that we're going to do this week. So that'll be next week. But right now, fantasybaseball at cbsinteractive.com is our email address. Please put podcasts in the subject line. Let's get to it. This one's a somewhat of a complicated email, so everybody sit down and listen intently. To Nick in Springfield, Illinois. 5 by 5 Keeper Roto League. The keeper rule is as follows. Keeper rounds begin in round 16 and the player moves up three rounds every season kept. We are allowed to keep three players. Which of the players below would you keep? The rounds that I will draft them in is next to the name, with the amount of years I can keep them in parentheses. Um, I don't know. For simplicity's sake, we might want to skip the amount of years. But Johan San- oh, I'll tell you what. All these guys are one year. Johan Santana, 13th round. Wainwright, 14th round. Canerco, 14th round. David Fries, 14th. Jire Jurgens, 15th. And then he can keep these guys for two years. Neil Walker in the 16th. Mike Napoli in the 18th. And for three years, Starlin Castro in the 19th. Stauffer in the 20th. So Nick in Springfield wants to know, pick three. The only one that jumped out to me was Castro. Well, to me, there were three that jumped out, which is exactly how many he needs. So Perfect. this is a complicated question with a very simple answer. Wainwright in the 14th round for one year. Obviously, this is the time to keep him coming off of surgery uh, where he was undervalued last year because he wasn't playing. Uh, Mike Napoli, two years for an 18th rounder. And Starling Castro, three years for a 19th rounder. Yeah, you know the two, the first two names that Scott mentioned bouncer uh, stood out to me: Wainwright and Napoli. Castro has the the best value at that pick level of the rest of the group, um, but you know I'm still not sure that he's going to separate himself enough from the the shortstop field that it was you know that it was a no brainer for me. But in the end, I agree with those three. Can you make a case for Canerco over Wainwright? That's where I was. Uh, oh, Can- I was thinking maybe Canerco over Castro, uh, um, and I think you can. You know, if you're worried about Wainwright coming back, I am not. So, you know, he's a one-year. If it guy. was shoulder surgery, it'd be different, right? But Tommy John, that's like a cold. <laughs> that's like arthroscopic at this point. I yeah. think I'd take the cold myself. <laughs> but uh, I'm going Wainwright there. Okay, here's next emails from Dave. Five by five mixed league, ten teams, head to head league. Which round do you see Ioannis Cespedes going off the board? What kind of numbers do you see him putting up? 
Hmm. All right, so this is mixed league. That's a good question. We haven't really had to think about it yet because he's not yeah. in our database. Yeah, <laughs> he no, won't I mean, be until he signs. Just became a free agent, um, so we're we're a ways off there. I did not read a very glowing scouting. Yeah, he, no. he had a tough time in. Uh, I think it was the Dominican the league. Dominican league, I think. Yeah, some winter league, <laughs> and uh, I, I, he just strikes me as one of those players who, uh, kind of like Kendry. Kendra's Morales when he when he first came over from Cuba, free swinging type took him a while to get adjusted because of that, and uh, eventually when it, it took a few years, but eventually he became this middle of the order threat that people think um, Suspedis is going to be, but I I don't I don't see him being an impact bat immediately, so I, I see the potential for him to be a disappointment. I wouldn't draft him before uh, the middle to late rounds probably. I think he'll be a late rounder between the kinds of reports that we're getting on him that are very mixed. And uh, one early mock that I did do where he was uh, part of the player pool, he, he was a late, a very late rounder. So uh, that's where I would expect to find him. So by comparison, John Mayberry, much better than Cispedes on draft day. Uh, no, much better is um, overstating it. I, I'd put them in the same category. I like the upside. I, I would... I would I would probably take Suspedis. Really? Because when you're talking about a late round pick, uh, the the potential for him to explode I think is I, I think is a little higher. Uh but I, I feel like there's going let's put it this way, I feel like there's going to be somebody in every draft who's going to be overly excited about him and reach for him earlier than that. So I expect to get Mayberry in a lot more leagues than I'll get Suspedis. Interesting, Al. Who would you take? I would take Suspedis uh, because, again, yeah, at that point, to go with the safe guy, you could probably replace him pretty easily. But if you've got a chance to get somebody who could really outperform his draft position, you have to go for it. And where do you anticipate him ending up? Marlins? Yeah, I would say so. It's not not a. I hope not. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to lose Emilio. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. but not that. That's where you know. I, I think he's got the best chance. Tigers are are an option. That would be. Where are they going to get that money? Yeah, Little Caesars. They, yes, exactly. <laughs> they have this rich owner who's old and just wants the win. Corey S. Rossi says, uh, "Your guys' show is awesome. The only complaint I have is that there isn't one every day." Well, Corey, just wait till the season starts. Four times a week, Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, Sunday nights, we help you set your lineup, and then the rest of the week, we help you manage your lineup. So here's the question from Corey. I'm in a 12-team keeper league. We can keep four guys. Which four would you keep out of the ones below? Roy Halladay, Eric Hosmer, Mark Teixeira, Brian McCann, Hunter Pence, Starlin Castro. Roy Halladay, Eric Hosmer, Mark Teixeira, Brian McCann, Hunter Pence, Starlin Castro. I'm going with the first four. Halliday, Hosmer, Teixeira, McCann. McCann is still an elite catcher uh, and has as much consistency long-term as anybody at that position. Mm-hmm. Hosmer and Teixeira. Hosmer's obviously got the better you know, long-term future, but Teixeira's still a top first baseman. He can slot one over in a utility role. Uh, I'll just repeat what I said about Castro before. I mean, I think he projects as one of the top five, six shortstops going into this year. But once you get into that slippery place behind the big three of Tulo, Ramirez, and Reyes, I think a lot, a lot can happen and a lot can shift. And, and I, to me, he's a, with this kind of company, he's a risky keeper 
and then Hunter Pence, uh, I think, is is due for uh, a pretty big drop off this year, and just not yeah. in the same, not in the same company. It, it, it was important to mention Pence because I think a lot of people, yeah, you know, usually in leagues like this where it's a small league, you 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 keep a small number of players, and it it doesn't have any impact on draft picks or anything like that. You just keep the best guys, and and in most people's minds, Pence would be a better guy than somebody like Eric Hosmer. Mm-hmm. But I think. Uh, we we've both talked before about we both think uh Pence is due for a regression and Hosmer is on the verge of being a, a stud potentially at first base so i would also um go that way the 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 one player i might disagree with i i might go Castro over McCann and i understand what Al is saying about um you know once you get beyond the elite shortstops, there's really not as much to distinguish between the next group. But I think Castro, as young as he is, stands out as having enough upside that he can take a step forward. And and catcher, to me, is, is deeper than it's been in the past. You can get a guy like Posey, probably, or Maurer, or Avila, or... Uh, you know, even Napoli in this kind of keeper format, he might still be out there. So I don't know that McCann, somebody who um, always ranks highly because of his reliability, but but s- seems to underperform in, in fantasy, um, is never, particularly the last couple of years with batting averages in the 260 range, he, he's just not as exciting. Well, if you had me. to pick I, I one, think... is, it, is it Castro or McCann? <laughs> You want me to cut to the chase, huh? No, well, I, I would no. Keep I mean, Castro. you're like, well, maybe I would do that, but you keep Castro. I, I think I would keep Castro. You call yourself can, a yeah. Braves fan. <laughs> okay, Cody in Florida. Which guy? Which side gets the best of this trade in a head-to-head points league with no limit on how long players can be kept? Justin Upton, tenth round for David Price in the sixteenth round, and Jason Hayward in the twelfth round. Upton in the tenth round. Uh, Upton, 10th round value for David Price, 16th, and Jason Hayward, 12th round. Boy, well, that's that's a tough one. Um, and it, it's especially tough with David Price as a 16th rounder. Um, that's, that's a that's great a really value. Incredible value. And But to me, Upton in the 10th round is a great value in and of itself. And, and I, I, think, um, I, I think that's the reason I'd lean that way. I, I'd lean toward the Upton side of this deal. Well, and let's let's you know talk about Jason Hayward for a second because he's really the the pendulum point here on this deal. If if he's the guy we thought he was going to be two years ago, I think it's Price and Hayward here, no no question. But if uh, he doesn't improve much on last year, then you you have to go Upton. And, well, and I I would not take the risk in assuming that Hayward's going to make that big jump. So I would go Upton too. And and, and another thing to add to that, Hayward in the twelfth round. You could probably get him in the 12th yeah, round. That, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. If you're going to use that 12th round pick to keep him, you might as well just use it to draft him right. and then get the better keeper in Upton over Price. Right. Jay from Vancouver, British Columbia. In your opinion, looking at the Major League Ready minor league pool for 2012, who will be the next Ackley Laurie Hosmer of 2012? Ooh, I wish I had brought my prospects list in here. Um yeah, because I'm mean, sure I'm going to miss some guys. Uh, Jesus but. Montero might be too obvious, but I, I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be a stud at the catcher position. Um, somebody who might come up a little later in the year. Uh, 
<laughs> All right. Can I insert something? Because the, the first name that popped in my head was Nick Franklin. Because really? he's, yeah, I don't think he's, I, major, I, he's not major league ready now, but I think he could be by mid to late season. And he's real. I mean, he's got Brendan Ryan blocking him. So, you know, blocking, so to speak. So, uh, I, I it, obviously Bryce Harper is going to be up at some point and he could take yeah. off as soon as he gets there, but that's not exactly an under the radar name either. Uh, Mike Trout. I don't think he's looking for under the radar. Guys. Yeah. And actually, yeah, Harper's probably the best answer to the question. I mean, he could even start as uh, an everyday outfielder this year. I don't think it's likely, but the Nats are considering it, and, I, and uh, he is probably yeah. close to Major League Ready at this point. Uh, Brett Jackson, I think, is going to be up for the Cubs eventually. I'm not sure he's going to be the impact guy right away because of the high strikeout rate. I like Gary Brown a lot for the Giants, but he might be a little further away. Um, I like... Uh, uh, we talked about Leonis Martin before, or Martin, uh, for the Rangers. I think he's going to be their starting center fielder eventually and, and could be a lesser version of a Desmond Jennings. Um, you know what name you could also throw in here maybe? Dominic Brown. Yeah. Because uh, you know, maybe the Phillies will trade him at some point. He he is major league ready. He just needs yeah, to I, give him a, I, a chance. Yeah, I really like the improve. I forget about him because, like I said before, he's not technically a prospect anymore. Um, he went over the at-bats limit last year to fit that description, but for all practical purposes, he's a prospect. So, uh, yeah, definitely I would say he's he's a candidate. If if the Mayberry thing doesn't work out or if uh, Shane Victorino gets hurt, which he tends to do, or something like that. Yeah, and two two names from Boston, too, that I've just thought of. Ryan Kalish, who should be healthy and ready mid-year, and, and nobody, you know, really serious blocking him, basically. You're talking about Ryan Sweeney and Cody Ross there. And, uh, well, Middlebrook, should uh, Kevin Euclid hit the, desi- uh, hit the uh, disabled list uh, this year? I just thought of a, another great guy, Nolan Arenado oh, God, for yeah. the Rockies. Uh, had a great offseason, uh, the numbers he put up in the offseason leagues, and... All they've got starting at third base is Casey Blake. That's not going to last. Arenado is is probably the best third base prospect in the minors right now and and playing at Coors Field. I I could see him being a definite contributor in mixed leagues when he gets up. So uh, I like him a lot. Wow, that was impressive. You guys just kept thinking of names, (laughs) reeling them off. Brady and Appleton, Wisconsin. Hey, boys, I have a standard 12-team head-to-head keeper league question. Who should I keep? Tulowitzki or Albert Pujols? No penalties for keeping either. I guess I got to say Pujols because I'd draft Pujols before Tulowitzki, but I, I think I'd draft Pujols I, over Tulowitzki. I know I would. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I Pujols. like Tulowitzki so much. Okay. But, yeah, I'll say Pujols. Joe Tremblay, 10-person head-to-head mixed five-man keeper league. Who should I keep of the following? Can keep two starters max and no more than one of the same position. Um, assuming that means two starting pitchers, Max. Granderson, Carlos Gonzalez, Jose Reyes, Pujols, Brandon Phillips, Brett Laurie, Verlander, Strasburg, Pineda. Ooh. Granderson, Cargo, Jose Reyes, Pujols, Brandon Phillips, Laurie, Verlander, Strasburg, Pineda. All right, I'm going to think out loud here because otherwise this could take me all, all day. But uh, definitely Granderson, Carlos Gonzalez, Pujols, those three. 
Wait, uh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. He can keep no more than one player of the same position. So, so I don't think he can keep, keep Granderson two out, and outfielders. Cargo. Okay, I was being more literal minded that uh, you know, left field, right field, center field. Oh, but well. but uh, it's, it's okay. I mean if we if I have to choose between them, I'm going cargo over Granderson, but I find it hard to believe you can only keep one outfielder total, but we can take that literally, go cargo, pool holes. That makes it easier then. <laughs> um, and then I think the next three would be Strasburg, Lowry, and Reyes. And yes, I did leave Verlander out. Um, uh, Ten-team league. Well, let's only see. only five keepers. I, I think you, know you got to have Verlander. You know there. what? And I'm yeah. As I'm again thinking out loud here, I would go Verlander over Reyes. We'll get Scott to say Verlander instead of Verlander one of these days. Can you run here? through your five then again? Yeah. So, okay, so assuming we can't have Car- or Granderson, rather, Carlos Gonzalez, Pujols, Lari, Verlander, Strasburg. I don't think I'd keep Granderson even if we could just because there's so many high, high big names here. Uh, I think Cargo, Pujols, Lowry, Verlander, definites for me. Considering it's such a small league and there's so few keepers and we know Strasburg is only going to pitch 160 innings this year, I I think uh, I think there's a good enough chance you can get him back in the draft that I might be willing to let him go and, and go with Reyes instead, secure the weak shortstop position. Uh, where in in a shallow league like this, you really need to have make sure you have the studs at every position. So I think I'd go that route. Last email, Tom in Rhode Island. He wants to. He's in a five by five league. It's twelve teams, head to head. Gets to keep thirteen players with no penalty. So he asked two questions. I'm going to ask the trade question. He wants to try to swing a trade for Brett Laurie, and. He was thinking of offering Berkman or Zobris. Do you think I would be giving up too much with either or not enough? Uh, I don't think you'd be giving up enough. For He, he says it's a, a league where they keep 13 players. Forever. Yeah, and a league where you're keeping that many guys, obviously the, the younger, high upside guys gain value because they're not going to be available in the draft ever. <laughs> so while... And even if it was a seasonal league, you could argue Laurie's going to go ahead of both Berkman and Zobris. So I, I don't think you're giving up enough there. What if you give up both? Both? That's too much, I think. I, I don't know that it's necessarily too much. It's, it, it, is a, it is a slight overpay, but you're talking about Berkman. You know, this year is the most you can expect to get out of him. Um, so if you're thinking long-term, uh, a stud, a, a, a at a weak position, Laurie looks like somebody who's going to be a stud. I, I think it might be worth overpaying a little if the other guy's willing to do it and trading trading those two to, to lock them up. Yeah, I, I would certainly ask for a second player back, um, you know, a 13th keeper type guy. To I think that would be a fair trade. Okay. Thank you, fellas. Super Bowl predictions. Al. Patriots. Do we need to do a, yeah. have a score here? Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. Patriots uh, 28-20. Oh, man. Scott? I'm also going to go with the Patriots. Oh. <laughs> what the hell? Let's say 31. 31? 31. Uh, 31 to... 31-2? No, no, no. 31-20. <laughs> 31-20. 31, 20. 31, 20. Okay, yeah. I, I picked... 
I'm not a homer in when I do picks. I, if, I, if I think the Giants are going to lose, I'll pick against them. But I actually think they're going to win. I took them 24-20. Um, we have a board up in the office. I'm not sure if you guys have seen it. We are required to give score, MVP, the GOAT, the first score, and the longest score of the game, the longest scoring play of the Clearly, game. Clearly, I have not written on this board. No, I have, have that answer. You have it's like a that. different different group, not the fantasy group. Oh, okay. So I went Giants twenty four twenty. MVP is going to be Victor Cruz. The goat is going to be Julian Edelman um, because he'll be probably covering either Victor Cruz or Mario Manningham, and he'll get torched. Uh, <laughs> the first score or the longest score is a Victor Cruz. I don't know, sixty four yard touchdown. And then I don't remember who Do you have I a am. bizarre play like a helmet catch or something like that? <laughs> I don't have any of those. <laughs> but if anybody's going to make a helmet catch, it could easily be Victor Cruz. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you all next week. Fantasy Baseball at CBSInteractive.com. We appreciate the emails. You gave us enough for an entire show, an entire podcast. Have a great weekend. See you later.